0: Hey, you are about to hear part two of a two-part conversation. If you haven't yet, be sure to listen to part one, which aired last week. Hey, I'm Caitlin Cuevas, the girl behind all things Think Happy. I'm a wife, mom of two cute and crazy kiddos, and a lover of golden doodles, cheesy analogies, and pump-up music. I've taught hundreds of women what I'm here to teach you, and that's how to reduce your daily stress, decrease your unproductive time, and most importantly, Increase the amount of time you have to pour into you. Join me each week as we dive into topics such as time and task management, increasing productivity, building habits and routines, keeping your cup full, and so, so much more. Welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. the Think Happy podcast. I hope your day, I hope your week, I hope your month, I hope your quarter, your year has just been going oh so well. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I have an extremely exciting announcement, although depending on my current mood, it either is very exciting or could bring me to tears. Um, I have a three-year-old now. She's three. Eleanor turned three this past weekend, and I just cannot believe it. God, I I feel like she was just born. I feel like I was just in the hospital holding her for the very first time. Um, I don't know. I feel like I talked about his her birth story on this show um, before I talked about it, right before James was born, I'm pretty sure, but Eleanor came at 36 weeks, and she was an emergency C-section. So I had gone in just for a 36-week doctor's appointment and got diagnosed with severe preeclampsia, was taken directly to the hospital, and a couple of hours later, delivered Eleanor Jean Cuevas. Uh, Man, I just, I know... (laughs) Hormones are so weird, you guys. Like, I really, truly look back on that time with such fondness. I know it was scary and it was stressful and, you know, we didn't know what was going on. But my memory of it is so truly fond. I I think that's just really one of the miracles of parenthood is how you're able to view things from this, from you know, from like these rose-colored glasses, for lack of a better phrase. Anyway, time is flying. Gosh, it is flying. On Saturday, we, which was her actual birthday, we went to dinner with my parents. And then we came back to our house and we did some hay rides in the neighborhood to look at all the Christmas lights. Our neighborhood is... Um, well, known in Houston as being a popular destination to look at Houston or to look at Christmas lights, everyone goes all out. It is so darn fun, it is so darn festive. And to top it all off, Eleanor is literally obsessed with Christmas lights and Christmas decorations and all things Santa. And so, it was just such a fun way to celebrate her and doing something that she just really loves so much. But yeah, I have a three year old. Wow! Wow. Okay, on to today's episode, part two of my conversation with Jackie last week, where we are talking all about the Enneagram and parenting motherhood. Today's conversation, oh oh gosh, part two is somehow even better than part one, and part one was phenomenal. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you go enjoy part two of this conversation. Bye. Knowing that I'm a three, and I do lean into, like, both wings, I would say. Okay. Does, does that make sense?
1: (laughs) My favorite question of all time is, does that make sense? Because people will literally tell, they're like, I have a question, and they'll tell me a story, and they're like, does that make sense? (laughs) Like, that's literally my favorite question. Yeah, it does. It sure does. And, like, as, you know, you, you mentioned that you thought that you were a one from the beginning, and you, I think you made peace with those parts of yourself because here's the thing not everything about you is three yeah like not everything that you do is i know plenty of threes who are incredibly uptight anal and disorganized tons 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 yeah right um and so like yeah it does make sense and i think for you to be able to i'm going to use the b word boundary for you Mm -hmm. to be able to put that kind of boundary for yourself to say, here's what I do. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I'm strict on because it matters. Here's what I'm not strict on because it doesn't matter. Also kind of points to me that when you have a a duty to do, um, you're able to see it in a little bit more of a black and white kind of way, but maybe internally for yourself, like maybe you're not strict with yourself. um, That sounds like more of a way you're attempting to be disciplined so it makes sense to me that doesn't translate necessarily into like how you raise the kids how you mom maybe even how you would be as like a wife or a partner or whatever Mm -hmm. um that just it sounds like to me like you know yourself and you are applying it where it matters or where you feel that it matters um
0: I guess that that
1: actually does
0: that resonates a lot because i I feel like I realized pretty early on that, like, I wouldn't have the capacity and the bandwidth to be, like, super, super strict. So it's like I picked Mm -hmm. a couple of things. And I didn't even know I was doing this. Like, I'm just thinking back right now as we're talking. Yeah, yeah. It's like I picked a couple of things and I was like, okay, like, those are going to be the core. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. we're going to build everything off of, like, sleeping schedules and, I mean, just... That's like the one that's coming to my mind right now. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. So, yeah. okay. So we're not here just to talk about me. So we can if you want. Even though hold <laughs> <I> on. All- <laughs> with you about mine. <laughs> but okay. Can we go? Maybe like type by type or like by however you want to like divvy them up. But can you maybe give us now like a high-level overview about maybe certain parenting traits that we might mm-hmm. experience like based off of type or however you want to dive into it? You're all going
1: to hate me. Yes, I can. Um, so here's here's the thing. Is, and the reason that I, what gives me the right to say this is I'm not a parent yet and I am around so so many children at all times I am a glorified I have no like biological siblings and I am the most glorified auntie ever okay so I say this to say when I interact oh, with I kids I, I know I love being I being aunt Jackie like yesterday sorry I have to just sidebar yesterday I went to go see my niece um my fiance's niece so my niece uh cheering and I was like I was like oh my god I'm the hot aunt at the game heck yeah, yeah. I was like hey, <laughs> yeah girl I'm literally the hot aunt watching her cheer. Um, I love But that. <laughs> I will say, so I'll say this about myself and all of the moms will scream amen into my face and I know it. So w- the biggest problems that I am presented with when I am with children are problems that have always already existed in my life or they wouldn't be problems. It's kind of like, um, you know, I, I often say this to people like, um, what is, what's the phrase? What I in you exists in me, or else I wouldn't know what it was, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're when you get agitated by somebody or annoyed by somebody, I'm like, ah, what what you see in them exists in you or else you wouldn't be able to call it out, right? You wouldn't be able it's to like say something. It's like a mirror, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. And so with the Enneagram, I could sit here and and I and I kind of if like go through different like parenting traits of each of the types and things like that. But I will say on a on a grand horizon like kind of level, the things that you are presented with. It's like it's like when you get married, it's like your problems just have a ma- magnifying glass. And then yeah. suddenly you have kids and it's under a microscope. And I, so mm-hmm. I don't want to keep throwing out the word problem, but tendencies, any bends that you have, if you have a bend to have a lack of discipline mm-hmm. um, in your own personal life, right? if you if you say, i don't i'm I don't really care, kind of whatever, go with the flow, do whatever you want, kind of thing, right? It, where where it matters, yeah, you might find yourself incredibly overwhelmed. Because kids demand structure through chaos. Right. Right. So I say that to say, things that have always existed in your life will continue to exist. And you're going to find your strengths will be your parenting strengths. Mm -hmm. And some of your setbacks will be the places that you struggle to adjust to parenthood, right? On a a very, very broad level. So it's not... One of the things I love about the Enneagram is I can talk to anyone in any stage, any age about it because it always applies, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so... um, does that spark any more questions or would you like me to go into each of the types and some of their parents? Yeah,
0: no, no. So like, I guess I'll just keep on with this like sleep schedule example yeah. that I, that I've been using because in my own life, like I am super structured about my sleep. Like it mm-hmm. is a priority for me. Yes. Um, and it has been like since really since I was in high school because um I had 6 a.m., swim practice every day and so sleep was always super important to me um and so that's just so I had never like put those two together that like oh sleep is very important to me in my life so Mm -hmm. it like it's going to show up as a very important thing for when I parent and so now I'm wondering so like maybe the investigator Mm. are they like hyper researching things like car seats and books and like
1: there's like the hyper researching
0: yeah. you know stuff like that yes. like <laughs> yes. that's all how it plays together
1: yeah so exactly so like someone like the investigator the observer the theorist however you want to nickname it right like they're going to do what they do but in terms of whatever they've got in front of them same with twos they're going to like maybe they're going to like put extra time and love into the nursery and the blankets and the details and all of the, those little things to make baby feel welcome but also keep in mind too like we don't when we're stressed when we're we are human first like before because i want to erase some mom guilt and shame like we're you're human first you don't get to choose that neither does your child and mm-hmm. your child is human first before their child they don't get to choose that like none of that none of like we're all just yeah. human so we don't always get to choose how we feel and how we react, no matter what the age or requirement is for the person in front of us. So I set to say, in terms of the investigator, right, the five, um, if if you are completely, de- like, if you feel depleted and at limit and your child comes up to you and wants to build a fort or wants a, I want a big girl room and you know it's going to require you to do some research or um, some emotional time or effort or whatever, like, you will. You may withdraw the same, mm-hmm. whether it's if, if it was a partner or a coworker or a friend or some like a family member, your sister, someone you didn't really care to fight with. And we know this from the different places our parents have hurt us. You're going to hurt your kids. It's going to happen. But they hurt us out of their own tendencies and their own pain. Mm-hmm. Usually not ours. Right. Right. Um, wow. So yeah, like I think um, actually that's like very insightful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So to answer your question, I think like there are some things that still check out, right? I think Enneagram sevens are really, really fun, spontaneous, energetic, physically active parents. A lot Mm of ones are really structured and open and loving. Like a lot of twos are very much like, let's just spend quality time. I want to understand you, you know? So Mm -hmm. who you are as an Enneagram type is going to show up in and how you are as a parent, that's the good news. The bad news is who you are in your Enneagram type is going to show up in how you parent. Right. Right, right.
0: <laughs> as I'm sitting here, I'm drinking the most delicious cup of Kirbin's coffee. Kirbin's is a wife and husband duo who turned their passion for coffee into a business. They are so sweet and it makes me so happy seeing their business thrive. Now, let me tell you why Beans is thriving. To put it simply, it's because their coffee is amazing. Think Happy has had the honor of getting to pick a Think Happy signature roast. These dark roasted Mexico beans smell like a good day waiting to happen. When brewed, they create the smoothest cup of coffee you have ever tasted, and it is even still good after being reheated. If you're like me and frequently get pulled away from your coffee, you know that's important. And I have a special treat for you. Think Happy listeners receive 15% off their order of Curbeans. Head to kirbeans.coffee. Curbeans is spelled K I R B E A N S. And use code Think Happy at checkout for your 15% discount. Again, that's coffee code Think Happy for 15% off. So, I'm trying to think of, like, the best way to phrase this question because it's kind of in the same vein, but it's like, goes along with, like, co-parenting with, like, your spouse or a partner. Mm-hmm. How, uh, how, like, do specific, and it could be literally the same answer that you just gave me to the parenting traits, but, like, do specific traits come out of us based off of types, like, when we are co-parenting or like doing anything as a partner with someone else?
1: I'll say when you're, when you're relating to people, you're going to have things that make you feel comfort. They're going to have things that make you feel triggered, right? So if you think of your spouse or the person you're co-parenting with, that is probably your experience amidst Mm -hmm. the triggers and amidst the, okay, cool. We're on the same page. Um, you're still dealing with your own crap. And so that, that's, really what it is because all you're doing is adding a child to the mix. And if you think about parenting, parenting is just the combination of the decisions that you decide for your child's life plus who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. So all that really means is it's also the decisions that your partner or co-parent has chosen with you for your child's life plus who they are as a person. So certain tendencies are going to come out, but it's going to depend on those relationships. So I'll say, my parents, my parents, split when I was two, and they were divorced. They co-parented pretty well when they didn't have to be friends. Yeah, their personalities inherently would not get along in certain areas. I can sit here and speculate all freaking day, but mm-hmm. the truth is, I I can see exactly where they don't. But when they would when they would talk about parenting me um, and all of that stuff, oh, easy peasy, e- easy peasy yeah. lemon squeezy, would have never felt the conflict between the two of them. And so it really just, it it I, I hate to use this word because it's so like overused, but it really is such an out, uh, overflow, like, right. Mm-hmm. But, um, like it's an overflow of what's already there the same way if we're stressed about work and we come home and we scree- scream at everybody, it is the overflow of what's there. Right, um, right. Parenting, relationships, co-parenting is all the same. And that's why my favorite thing to tell people is the Enneagram is not for anybody else except you. Yeah. Like. And it's allowed to be for your husband, but only just for him separately. For him, yeah you're both ready to bring it together because it it has to be its own separate endeavor. It has to be its own thing because every situation that you face in this life, even if you think there are problems in a relationship one to one, they might be your problems, right. They might be your problems and you' you have to be able to take responsibility to see it, especially if you are guiding the next generation and co-guiding the next generation with someone, you mm-hmm. both have to, to know yourselves, right? So I love to tell people, the Enneagram is just for you. It's just for you, you know? Yeah.
0: It kind of makes me think of, you know, how they say, the only person you ever truly have control over is yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you can know someone, like, the back of your hand, but they're the ones that have control over
1: themselves. Like not No, you. it's true. And and like you can know you can only know what somebody presents to you, right? Exactly. But at the end of yeah. the day, they're their own and so am I, right? I I'll speak for myself. I'm my own mess of emotions, problems, things I'm still hiding from myself my own fears. I'm my own mess of stuff. So if I, if I agree to be in relationship, to be a parent, to do all of these different things, I have to deal with my own stuff so it doesn't Mm -hmm. leak out everywhere. And I think that there's problems everywhere. Um, or worse, like, I think that's where mom guilt comes from. I feel like mom guilt comes from looking to the left, looking to the right, going, there is a way to raise children. There is a way to do it because Susie freaking down the street did it. And if I don't do it like her, I'm a bad mom. And I'm going to go ahead and counter that. There's no such thing as a bad mom, except some exceptions, which we probably read about in the news. But I think, to be honest, the closer definition to someone who's not, being a good mom or is not being authentic to themselves as a mom is someone who doesn't want to parent their children based on themselves. Like yeah. Yeah. you, you, you made this child half you, <laughs> this yep. child, half you speak your own language. like speak to this child through who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. They're going to understand you. They know you, uh, deeply and innately. And same with the, uh, your, the co-parent, I, I want to refrain from saying like your husband or partner or whatever, Right. But right. The, co- the co-parent, right? it's the same. Like when you are authentic and your kids know nothing, all they know is that they're allowed to be themselves. And that is the game changer. That is where life starts for kids, man. you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, to your point, a couple of things that I really like that you said, first of all, is, you know, where mom guilt stems from. Second thing is that there's like no such thing as a bad mom. And I think that if you are feeling mom guilt, Mm -hmm. that even shows you more that you are a great mom. Because Mm -hmm. if you're feeling mom guilt, essentially what that is, is you wanting to do better, you wanting to do more. And, you know, we look to the left and we look to the right. We pull out our phone. We like see everyone's highlight reel. We like see beautifully put together moms and in, in carpool line and at the grocery store and seemingly doing all of the mm-hmm. things and juggling it all perfectly. But no one freaking is, literally.
1: nobody. No one is.
0: I was, I was telling a girlfriend the other day who um, was helping her with her baby registry. And she was like, okay, so like, asking for advice and you know stuff like that and I was like honestly the biggest piece of advice I can tell you is you're never gonna know what you're doing yeah I don't know what I'm doing I have two
1: of these humans and I still Mm -hmm. don't know what the heck I'm doing (laughs) literally like I I think maybe it's maybe it's my ignorance as someone who isn't a parent but has a place in a lot of villages right so perhaps mm -hmm. I'm being ignorant oh I love the way you said that Oh, thank you. Um, well, the other, the other, the non-sexy way of saying that is I'm a weird piece of furniture in everyone's lives. But, still. <laughs> <laughs> but I, please forgive me if this is ignorant, but I I like to remove the word parent and re- revise it with the word guide or mentor. Because if mm-hmm. you tell yourself that the only way to guide like if you had someone, like if you were a professor and you had a student that was some was your mentee, right? Or was someone that you wanted to guide, um, you know They're relying on you. Mm -hmm. You know that they're coming to you because of your expertise, because Mm of who, you know, because of your reliability, all that. So you be you and you wake up every day and you decide this person comes to me and brings me a dilemma. This, this four-year-old brings me a dilemma and I can solve it for them. I can yell at, yell at them about it. I can do all, I can do all of these different things. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's right. I don't know what's wrong or I can guide them. And that's it. And like, take the word parent out. All you're doing is like, like, and this is, this is my view of parenthood. You, you gave birth to this person to be number one, this beautiful representation of the love that you have with another person, but also on the other side of it to be their own person, period. All you got to do is guide them to do that. And you can't guide them to do that. If you won't look at you, if Mm -hmm. you like, the biggest thing that parents do that they don't realize is their nonverbal permission or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And we learn it from them. We learned how to pick our bodies apart by watching our moms and our aunts do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They gave us permission to do that, right? Yeah. Um. And so when you are yourself, when you get to know yourself, the ugly parts, the good parts, when you spend a few minutes with the ugly parts of yourself and you try to get to know her— Um, you're giving your child permission to see all of the different sides of who they are as a person, to be who they are, to experience who they are. And you get to guide them as themselves because the gift back that you get is that your child is themselves and Mm -hmm. you're not just trying to, how do I do this with a kid? You get to look at Brian, little Brian and go, Brian has shown me who he is, what he loves, what his personality is, because I've shown him who I am. Yeah. And so he's gotten to be himself and I can actually raise the child I have, not just a child. Because I think those who are consumed with mom guilt really take, um, have taken a step back from the individuality of their child. Because if you sewn back in even for one second on the individuality of your child, you'll know what to do. You know what Mm -hmm. to do. You always know what to do, right? Right. 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 That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. And I'm not a mom. So I'm so sorry if this causes anybody to hate me. You're allowed to hate me. My DMs are open. Please just don't yeah. come for Caitlin about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny.
0: So okay. You brought up, you know, you have a, a spot in many villages. So that makes me think based off of based off of a mom's type.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How can we like ask for support in in the best way. So like, Mm. for example, like my husband's name is Oakley. Like, how do I get out of my own head? And this is such a loaded question. And just like ask for the support that I need instead of just like assuming that he has the running to-do list in his head, like I
1: do. And like just
0: innately knows what I need help with.
1: Yeah, yeah in like a non rude way like mm-hmm. almost like get over yourself right like yeah. get over it right this idea of um like there is very much like this there an overwhelm uh, paralysis, analysis paralysis like there's mm-hmm. there's very much a lot of times in the life of like a woman a mom where you just feel frozen and you're like overwhelmed and you're like i need help i don't know how to ask for help i don't know even if someone was like what do you need help with wouldn't even know what to say first uh so on and so forth so i think it's it's about a lot, doing a lot of the work before you get to that place to understand the signs of when stuff is starting to weigh on you, starting to crack, starting to do all that. But if you tangibly need help, something just comes up. I think it's really like, I'll, I'll speak to your type, mm-hmm. removing... This idea of efficiency and deficiency mm-hmm. from it all when you ask for help and being like, well, to be honest, the most efficient way to do things is for things to be done, period. Yeah. Period. So, drop. <laughs> so like, the, so if I have to get outside of myself, get away from my pride a little bit, and almost. Pull off the mask that says, I do have this all together. Like, nobody thinks that you don't have it all to Anybody. This is for everybody. Nobody thinks you don't have it together because you need help. And if somebody thought you had it together and it was squashed by the idea that you needed help, they thought you were God and your relationship was doomed from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly. Are there certain, like, warning signs or trigger signs that you see in common, like, based off of types? Like, do threes, Mm -hmm. like... Have some tall tale warning sign that like they're about to hit that tilt or or something like that.
1: Oh yeah. Um. Uh, to speak specifically to threes, one thing that I notice is, um, and it it it's funny because it's really similar to the eights, but it's a little bit more in action and it's denial. When I see threes starting to airbrush things, but then instead of really trying to be like oh it was supposed to be like whatever really living in the de- like living in denial mm-hmm. and like really pretending that things that have happened that contributed to you know the downfall the blow up the whatever aren't really there i think that's a huge thing when you start to try to um what's the the forerunner of denial is um like apologetics in a sense, Mm -hmm. right. It's like, Oh, it's like, I'll defend it in this way. I'll defend it in this way. Like, or I'll justify it. Justification, Mm -hmm. right. Justifying it within yourself, making it, it's not that bad. It's fine. This is winnable. I can still achieve over this. I can still blah, blah, blah. It's not as bad. I don't want people to see me this way. Those kinds of things. Um, when you start to justify, you're going to end up being in denial and it's going to get bad. So like that's, you know, one example for a three, I think with every Enneagram type, it's like, it's it is really relative. Like I gave you a relative example. Um, but there are, are, yes, a lot of warning signs for each type, especially the the more you study it, the more you get into like the little things like the wings, the center of intelligence, all the things that speak your language and define you a little bit more. As you get into those things, you can start to see what your warning sign is, right? Yeah. My warning sign is the the I'm fine saga, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm a two, I'm a type two, I'm the helper, I'm the mm-hmm. giver, if God, God forbid, I need somebody, like, yeah, right, so my, my thing is, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, when I start asking myself, why did I just say that, that's how I know, I'm like, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's up, something is bad, something's bad, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. that's how I know, so every, everybody, it's going to be different, um, and for every sign, for every sign, for every type, it's going to be different.
0: <laughs> Do any other types have, like, warning signs that just come to your head right now?
1: Yeah. Eight's, um, uh, eight's another one is, is denial, but it's a little bit different. It's like very much like denying the reality of what's happened and how it's happened and how things have come to be. Um, other warning signs. Um, I mean, sevens jumping, right. Mm -hmm. And I like, Oh, they like to the to jump from one thing to the next. If you find them actively changing their mind, Constantly, constantly, con- like that's a that is. I'm like, you are whatever yeah. it is, you are borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, and you've got nothing to give Paul. We got to figure this out, like you know yeah. what I mean. Um. Choo-choo. 4s um i'd say if you start if you if you feel like there's nothing going on and you start noticing yourself doing that push pull thing with people mm-hmm. um that's a telltale sign that you feel something about yourself yeah. and it needs to be. all of these are signs that we feel something about ourselves or we feel you know like we all feel at times like deeply inadequate and things like that so that's um Kind of things that come off uh, off the top of my head. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I definitely
0: put you on the spot there. No, that's okay. Those are so helpful. Oh, love, I love a lot of those. those. Um. Oh my gosh. This conversation. I'm sorry. I, get, I just threw so much at you. <laughs> no, that is what we are here for. <laughs> Literally. <Not really. laughs> that is what we're here for. And so now that I've asked you like 45 minutes worth of deep, combo questions I have a fun one for you as we start to wrap up. Hmm. do you have a life or happiness hack that you use in your own life that listeners might want to incorporate into their own lives? It could have to do with Enneagram. It could not have to do with Enneagram.
1: Oh, I do i I I don't think this is like a hack, but um I think it I think this I think it matters. Um, if you are a person that has grown out of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's especially for you. Um, how people adopting this this idea that how people feel about you, think about you, or what they've said about you is none of your business. Mm-hmm. Mm. I. I said this to somebody the other day and I, you know, I feel it for myself and I try to adopt it because I, I I find that when I, you know, when someone calls me and goes, Susie was talking about you, Susie's my favorite filler name, by the way. So I'm so sorry to all of Susie. Susie. (laughs) Of course, Susie. Um, But, you know, Susie was, you know, talking about you and Susie said you did X, Y, and Z for attention, for example. Mm -hmm. like. I have to get good at being like, you know, thank you so much for telling me. I know you're going to know when to tell me things when they're detrimental, but like for the little small things, I'm recovering as a people pleaser. How they feel about me is none of my business because if not, I'll spiral and I'll think about it for a really long time. So yeah, that's been one of the most, um, the reason it came to my head, I think is because it's so tangible is it's something that you can kind of you can do damage control with that really quickly. Like you can say like, you know, okay, I've I've kind of decided it's it's like another version of a boundary, but just this idea of like, okay, how someone feels about me is none of my business because they're not telling me they don't want to fix it. So yeah, it's just none of my business. It's not my business till they come to me about it. Now they're are exceptions. Make sure the people in your life know what those exceptions are. Because if someone is starting a rumor that you are, you know, cheating on your family, for example, that is a hundred percent your business and you should go kill them. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. but but other than that, you know what I mean? Like just kind of this idea that, you know, in the small ways, but the mm-hmm. ways that matter, which means they're not that small. It's none of my business. I got to let, I just got to let let them deal with it. Like yeah. I, I can't drink their poison and be like, they're going to die soon. No, it's not happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it all just kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago. And the only person you can ever truly control is yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Okay. So where can we find you? Where could the listeners connect with
1: you and hang out with you? Oh my God. Okay. I love this. Um, okay, so my website is knowyourdamself.com. dot com. You can find me there. Um, or I'm on Instagram at at table for nine coaching. It's F-O-R and the Digit Nine. Um, you can I love DMs. I take a little bit to respond to them, but I love DMs. I love like random questions. So if you got like a little question, come on, come come to me, come send see me. Way. Yeah, literally. Um, it, you know, send a raven, carry your pigeon doesn't really matter, but come find me. I'm happy to talk to everybody.
0: So fun. Well, thank you so, so, so much for this conversation. Thank you for being just the best start to my Monday honestly. So
1: thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Like, thank you for your time. And I think that like, you're just, you really, I I don't remember if I mentioned this to you the last time we chatted, but I felt it when we were, when we were just like doing our preliminary conversation. You're so like, you have such a joy about you. And I really appreciate that. Like it, this was a great start to my Monday. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
0: (laughs) No, you hang up first. (laughs) Oh, you hang up. (laughs) Bye, listeners. Bye, Susie. Bye, Susie. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Think Happy Podcast. I would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review. And if you just can't get enough, find me on Instagram at thinkhappy underscore co, that's C O, and online at thinkhappyco.com. I'll be back in your ears next week with another episode of the Think Happy Podcast.
1: We'll i